You are about to listen to episode 14 of Meet Mediocrity and the Meet Mediocrity podcast. Today's conversation is with my good friend, Kelly. Kelly is my go-to information person. She's the person I call for restaurant recommendations, book recommendations, doctor recommendations, movie recommendations, pretty much any recommendations. Why do I do that? Well, Kelly has good taste. She does her research. She does have a strong opinion, but she isn't judgmental. Today's conversation with Kelly is primarily about dietary choices, but we cover some other subjects too. So without further delay, let's get started. conversation was recorded prior to the shelter-in-place COVID-19 situation, and I've had this recording on my computer for about two months, but I decided it's a timely conversation to share now. Why? Well, first of all, Kelly is super fun, and we had a super fun conversation. But secondly, and probably more importantly, because a lot of people I speak to are considering self-improvement options for themselves while they wait out this virus, this virus scare. And one of those self-improvement options are considering new dietary approaches and dietary lifestyles. Kelly has a pragmatic view towards diet. She predominantly eats as a vegan. She does lapse from that from time to time when she chooses to, but she's also very accepting of other dietary choices. I also like that Kelly describes herself as a life concierge, and that's what she is to me. I would never have come up with that term, but it describes Kelly very well. So without stealing any more thunder from today's conversation, here we go. Mediocre Mitch's conversation with his good friend, Kelly. So hi, Kelly. Thanks for coming. Hi, Mitch. Thanks for having me. Um, So Kelly, one of the things I spoke about in my intro is just how much I admire your kind of independent thinking around a lot of things. But today I really want to focus on eating, something you and I both love. Yes, we do. But you have a unique approach to eating and you gave it when we were speaking before you gave it a name tell me about the name and tell me about your your mindset around eating so i guess the best way to describe it is i'm a compassionate eater i like that i think about where my food comes from i think about how it was grown or raised or the life it led um who it employed who it didn't employ um before i actually choose to eat it so, and we could get into this later. There's a whole bunch of uh, documentaries and things on this that actually, if you watch it, you kind of don't want to eat anything. That's a whole nother discussion. But Kelly, where has that led you, this compassionate mindfulness around eating? Where, where has that led you? It's mostly led me to making easier choices because I've limited my options based on my own beliefs. So it makes it much easier to sit down at a restaurant and look at a menu 
I know exactly what I'm ordering. And I get very excited and to be honest, a little overwhelmed if there are a lot of choices because I've sort of become used to finding the choice that I'm happy with. So I like that it sort of limited it because makes, it makes my choices more um, streamlined and I like the ease of that. So we're friends. We've gone out to dinner a number, like maybe a hundred times. times. Um, so would you consider yourself vegetarian? Would you consider yourself vegan? What would you consider yourself? So I don't really like labels. I knew you were going to say that. I don't label myself and I don't label you and I don't label anybody. Right. Um, but I follow a whole food plant-based diet at home. So at home, I'm eating no animal products, nothing that came from an animal, made from an animal. I also watch my processed food at home. But when I'm out and I'm out with friends, I am more relaxed because I want to have a good time and I don't want to be that person at the table, even though I still end up turning out to be that person at the table. Well, you are that person at the table. <laughs> but but you're, the thing I like about you know, like I have lots of friends who are vegan, who are vegetarian, who are some variations on the theme, and they can make you feel incredibly uncomfortable if you order something that they would not choose for themselves. You never do that. And so, of course, I try not to order like a, a two-pound steak when I'm at dinner with you, but I don't go pure vegetarian and vegan just because I'm having dinner with you, Kelly, and you're cool with that. I am, although I, I will say the times when I can convince people to go to an all-vegan restaurant, especially one that like slights more on the healthy side, I am so happy to bring people to those places because I'm excited, and then they're excited. I just wish there were more of them. Well, yeah, okay. And, and if there are good ones, you will find them because that's one thing that I can count on Kelly for. I'm a good researcher. You're a good researcher. But Kelly... Here's the thing. You and I can go to any restaurant and I never have to sit there and say, I never really have to worry about the menu for you. You find what's good for you. If it's not there, you ask and you get it. True. So you're very adaptable when it comes to, I, I know you prefer something that might, might cater more to your dietary needs, but you're very, very good at finding what you need wherever you need it. There's not one vegetable that I don't like with the exception of maybe fennel. Licorice doesn't belong in a vegetable. It belongs in candy, but that's, a, that's another topic. Another topic for another day. <laughs> but I like, I like what I eat, and what I eat makes me happy. So when I look at a menu, I'm looking for what makes me happy, and I am just as excited about my plate made up of five side dishes as you are with your slab of meat. I'm just as happy as you are. You, the meal comes and you're excited. I'm usually pretty happy with my slab of meat, but you never make me feel bad about it. Thank I you don't for make that. you feel bad about your slab of meat because that's you. And honestly, I would prefer, you know, the idea of voting with your dollars. I would rather spend my money on restaurants that don't serve animal products because I feel like I always want to support that. But on the other hand, I also want to go out to dinner with my friends and the friends are more important. Right. So you use the term compassionate eating. I assume you, use, I assume that you define compassionate as compassionate to animals. Compassionate to animals, for sure. They're voiceless. They have, we are their voice. I am the one on the beach telling the kids when they're chasing the seagulls. Nicely, I'll say, you're in their house. 
because I feel bad for the seagulls. <laughs> and they're squawking and they're terrified and they're flying away. And it like breaks my heart. So, oh, come on. The seagulls aren't terrified. They just want French fries. <laughs> well, <laughs> give them, then give them your French fries if you're going to eat French fries on the if beach. If you're going to visit their house, you bring feed them, them a treat. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not that they should come and like fly off with your hot dog, or maybe they should. Maybe they should be eating your hot dog That's instead. That's right. But if it's a vegan hot dog, they can leave it be. <laughs> um, but I do. I think about the animals. And like we were discussing earlier, I first started with the veal. When I first learned about how veal was raised, and I'm not going to get into the graphics, but anyone can Google it. Um, <laughs> and it sort of started and stopped there when I was a kid. And you would think that I would have maybe asked more questions as a kid, but I just accepted that and didn't really think about other food. And then as I got older and started to realize more about where food came from and those animals' lives, it really, it, it really broke my heart. So that was really the end. And then I, you know, I, I'm not, and I was never strict in the beginning. And I was. Well, because you weren't always strict when I, I, I've known you for probably, well, I've known you longer than anyone else who I've interviewed for the podcast. True. But you're, you're also one of my oldest friends. We've known each other for a long, long time. A very long time. Um, and you weren't always as strict as, or as mindful or thoughtful as you are now. No, it's true. It definitely came a lot. It came a lot with having kids and raising kids and feeding kids and thinking about that and saying, you know, what does the cow say? The cow says moo. And then you give your kid a hamburger. And I don't know. They're just, they, don't, they didn't go together for me, that idea. Um, but I was vegetarian on and off through college. Um, I was vegetarian on and off through my young adult times, and it was easy. It was hard when you're feeding kids to make so many different things, but I never really liked steak. I never really liked beef at all, and I never ate anything with a bone, no chicken on the bone ever. And I once, I can't say whose house I was at, but they served um, Cornish game hens. That wasn't my house. That was not your house. <laughs> But that table full of all those bones was just horrifying. It was like eating <laughs> dinner in a graveyard. I was so upset. Um, so I, you know, I've always been mindful of a lot of things like that. And it wasn't until about seven or eight years ago that I really took the big step to no animals, nothing with a face, nothing with a mother, um, and nothing that came from those animals. So the other thing you told me, Kelly, which I thought was interesting, is the times where you haven't quite been as strict. You've also told me you, you haven't felt quite as well. Oh, I felt I always felt terrible. Um, even and well, dairy is a whole other story. Dairy is a big story. Yeah, dairy yeah. really upsets my stomach. It upsets a lot of people's stomachs because it's not. Can I go into this? It's not for us. Well, it's funny because you know when we grew up, it was drink your milk. Right. And I don't consider myself lactose intolerant. And I do consider myself addicted to ice cream. Just saying. That's also sugar, <laughs> not just the milk. I'm addicted to both. Who knows? <laughs> that's my addiction. Ice cream and cookies. I've mentioned that in other episodes. And that's fair. my problem. Fair. But if I eat too much ice cream, it just does not agree with me. And that's not the sugar. That's the dairy. It's the milk. And, yeah. and cow milk is baby growth hormones so that yep. little baby cows can grow up to be giant animals that's what it's for right and it was never intended for us and most people can't digest it so i was always sick after i had dairy and never really thought about it and that was sort of my step to like compassion for me to be able to stand up for myself and say dairy makes me feel sick and i'm not going to eat it anymore so let's talk about people 
because I've toyed with the idea. I know lots of carnivores who have toyed with the idea. And they've and, all talked to me about it. Right. And and it seems overwhelming. And you so one of the things I love about you, by the way, I only tell people how much I love them when I'm on the podcast. <laughs> That's not true. You tell me other times. Um, but, but one of the things I love about you is you're very understanding of other people, which is, which is a trait that I aspire to. And so tell me, you've told me before, but tell me again, what would you tell someone who is thinking of gravitating towards a plant-based diet? Where do you go? Where do you start? So the first thing I always ask is, what do you like the least? Like, what's, what could you give up? Right. And people always have like one thing, like, oh, I'm not so into chicken or beef kind of, I can see the beef thing kind of freaks me out or dairy makes me sick or I think eggs are weird, you know? Right. So I'll say like, just try just cutting that out. Nothing else. I've already cut out liver. <laughs> so you're, you're one step there, <laughs> but are you eating the onions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep the onions. Um, and then my, my journey was a little weird because I was sort of slow and then I was very fast into this. I was slow, dabbling with vegetarianism on and off, and then the vegan thing. And I don't like to say vegan because vegan is a whole is a lot more than just how you eat. So I like I to just remove the label. Yeah, that's fair. But vegan is like an easy word to use that most people understand. It, it's it, it's no it's no meat and it's no eggs or dairy and no honey, like, right? right, right and so. And that's how menus label themselves as vegan, like yeah, vegan options. So that's right. the word I use. Okay. But I, I well, understand. in this context, that's what we'll use it. Yeah. Okay. I just, I don't want to ever step on anyone's toes. Understood. Feels there are a lot it. of people that are sensitive and I respect that. Yeah. But for this context. Yeah. So yeah. I started um, following a real plant-based vegan diet fast. I heard about it, thought that makes so much sense to me. And I just started the next day. I got books. I was on the internet. And I was so excited because there were so many recipes to try, books to read. It was like a whole new world open of all things that I love that made me happy. And I couldn't even, I love to cook. I couldn't even cook enough. I couldn't cook fast enough to try all the things I wanted to try. Uh, it was just, it was like the whole, like the world opened up to me and I was happy with all of my choices. So it worked for you. And, and it sounds like, you know, your advice to people who would want to give it a try is give up the stuff you like the least. And it sounds like you're saying, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it also sounds like you're saying, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah, try Go it. there as you want to go there and you'll get there when you're ready to get there. Lean in, see what works for you, but always really bulk up on your vegetables. People don't eat enough vegetables and they don't eat enough fruit. And even just that, just have more, have a salad, have a salad. Have a really big, colorful salad. Eat a rainbow and try to get all the colors and all the textures. Um, and especially if you're eating out, not everyone, like I, like I said, I like to cook, so I'm happy. I could chop vegetables all day long. Not everyone likes to do that. So when you're out to lunch, look at the choices and make a different choice. Do you, so one of the things you've said to me at a lovely dinner or two is that every restaurant has vegetables. Yes. Every restaurant has fruit. Yes. If it's not on the menu, I'll get them to make something. And I ask nicely. And you ask nicely. And yes. that and that works for you. Yes. Do you are you a menu studier prior to going to the restaurant? You know, it's funny, I used to not be. I used to go. I used to, that was like part of the surprise. It was like go to a restaurant. I was always interested in the design of the menu, back to the graphic design part of me. Um, restaurant decor. I always like to be surprised when I went someplace new, but now I always look before I go. And I have a few ideas of either what I'm going to ask 
about possibly altering or what I'm going to actually order. And I know this is kind of obvious to most of us because we're, we see it on every menu, we see it in every discussion, but this, the, the whole world of, of respecting vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, that world has really exploded I think over the past only few years. I think I hit this at the right time. I really do. Because in the very beginning, when I first started, it was, it was a little bit weird. I felt like I was, I was definitely like the weird person asking for something that people were just really puzzled by. And then very fast, I felt like everyone just caught up. You know, like I, I must have just gotten, I must have just gotten right on the top of the wave. And now it's incredibly popular for a million reasons. And a lot of those documentaries are a big part of it. Well, listen, I remember now this wasn't ages ago. Maybe it was 10 years ago or so. I had a family friend who had celiac. And, you know, she said, I can't eat out. I must bring my own food everywhere. And my choices are limited. And it's simply not the case anymore. It's true. Although celiac is a little bit different because you really have to be careful with cross-contamination. And even right. though people get the gluten part, they don't necessarily get the pre- you know the preparedness part. Right. And I have family members with celiac as well. And, I'm, and I am. But there are restaurants that will cater to that. And there are restaurants that are really good at it. Yeah. And those are the restaurants that are usually really good at vegan also. Because when you're mindful in the kitchen, you're just mindful overall. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, and the other so the other thing you do, which is really interesting, is you're. I see you're very respectful. I told you how you you really don't give me dirty looks when I order a slab of meat. Thank you for that. <laughs> but like, so my wife, magnificent Meredith, as I call her, is gluten free and dairy free. Correct. And that's for her. She just has a stomach that just doesn't doesn't digest that well at all. And one of the things you told us when we went out to dinner is like, just do you. Choose your thing. I'll choose my thing. We're all good. And so like a lot of times I know that I used to, when I would go out with someone at least who had different eating patterns than me or eating different eating habits than me, I was always worried whether there'd be something for them. And your point of view is there'll be something. There'll always be it. something. And also, it's not my last meal. I'll eat again. Right. So if that meal is a baked potato, which I love, and steamed broccoli, which I love, I'm fine with that. And is it a little sad when everyone else's plate is like overflowing with food and I have sort of cobbled together a meal of sides? It's a little sad compared to other restaurants that really have a great vegan option. But it's just, I'm there for my friends and it's just one meal. Great. So I'm going to change subjects, but before I do, any final thoughts on, on eating mindfully, eating compassionately? I think, like everything else, I would say, don't be so hard on yourself. And I've bent, I, I will bend when I'm out. I can't, I still can't buy it. I can't, I can't go to a store and buy any animal product. I just can't. But if I'm at a restaurant and there really isn't a good choice for me, I will sometimes have oysters or mussels, things that didn't have a family and a life and no parents that are missing it. 
Um, I know these are the things this, I this think is, about. This is, now we're getting deep into Kelly's mind. <laughs> but but, but you, you know what you're being is compassionate with yourself. I am, and I'm not so hard on myself. And if I decide that I really want to have muscles at the place that has the muscles instead of just having salad and bread, I will. And I might not feel so great the next day, but I'm not hard on myself. And I really hope that no one would ever judge me and look at me and say, wow, I thought that Kelly didn't eat that. I hope that people see me and think, oh, good for Kelly. She's doing what she wants to do. She's doing what she needs to do on that, at that moment in that day. Which is how I look at everyone else all the time. And I hope that everyone looks at me the same well, way. Well, that's, I love that about you. And, um, you know, your husband's one of my best friends. And he knows that if he wants a hamburger, he can always come to my house. Well, he can have a hamburger. <laughs> so last night, perfect example, we ordered in from Bear Burger. By the way, Bear Burger is way better ordered in than eaten at the restaurant. Is that true? Because I've never ordered in, but I've eaten at the restaurant at least a dozen times. It is way better. They, they wrap up the burgers in paper and then put them in these little um, containers so they kind of steam a little bit so the bun is better. And it's, it's way better taken out. So we wanted burgers last night. I had the Impossible Burger. It's vegan junk food. Yep. But it's what I really wanted yesterday, and I had it with a salad, big salad. And my husband got his regular burger and boy. never, you know, I don't say a thing. But yeah, and, 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 and that's what I like about you. So I promise we're going to shift gears. So I said this in the introduction, but I'll say it to you, Kelly. You know, there are, there are certain things in your world that are your go-tos, to like when you need to know something. So it's like for me, it might be Google. It might be Wikipedia. It might be Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't be alone. Kelly, <laughs> Ke Kelly is a, a endless resource of information. I'm a so life concierge. You, <laughs> you're a life concierge, which is one of the reasons we've stayed friends for so long. Because you need a restaurant. Call Kelly. You're going to a new city. What should I do? I don't know. Call Kelly. I Google second. I call Kelly first. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's true. So she's laughing. <laughs> I might have to pause pause the recording just for her to calm down, but it's true. So Kelly, uh, one of the th so Kelly, what's the thing that almost every time I see you, I ask you for a recommendation on? You always ask what I'm reading that's good. Right. So I read all of my books on my iPhone. I have like the Apple Bookstore, whatever the heck it's called, and whenever I see Kelly, I ask her what she's reading. And what I do is I buy it on the spot. I don't need to do the sample. I don't need to, because it's always good. Wow, that's like a real vote of confidence. And that's I like can a $14 tell you, vote. And any, that's right, you're $14, $14 of confidence every time you spat out a recommendation. Wow. So I actually have gone, um, at any given time, I probably have 10 or 15 unread books on my phone. And at least half of them are Kelly recommendations. So Kelly, <laughs> yes, we're um, getting into the spring. Mm. You know, we didn't really have a very cold winter here in New York. It's true. And um, actually, if I wasn't so disappointed and concerned about global warming, I'd actually have enjoyed it. Different discussion, different day. We can discuss the animal animal agriculture and the environment another time. Okay, so, but what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about books for a quick second here. So we're moving into the spring. I need one or two spring recommendations from Kelly. What are they? Okay, 
I just read um, a book called Have You Seen Louis Velez? I already read it. Well, ah. Didn't you love how how warm it was? It was a feel-good it book. It really was good. It was a little bit so it was highly recommended. And it was like and it came highly recommended with a little bit of a caveat that it was a young adult fiction book, which I didn't really understand how that would affect me. The character development was a little thin. It was a, that that's exact. You know, this is what I love about you, Kelly. <laughs> the character development was a little thin. That's exactly right. But if you want a feel-good book for the spring, have you seen, is it Have You Seen have Luis you seen, Velez? Yes. So Very good. good. Feel-good book. Beach book, right? Yeah. And yes, I read it I read it in Miami on the beach. Okay, so perfect. Yes. Give me another one. Did you read Beneath a Scarlet Sky? I did not. Okay. It's... I was on a moratorium of Holocaust. Books. I was just gonna say, is it another Holocaust? It is, and I book? wasn't. I took. I think I took two years off. Yeah. And I started reading this book because my daughter was in Iowa working on a presidential campaign, and she was living in supporter housing. And I said, "Tell me about your 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 hosts." And she said, "You'd really like them. The mom really likes to read." I said, oh, "What's she reading?" And she said she's reading Beneath the Scarlet Sky. So I downloaded it. I didn't sample it. I you downloaded it, it because I wanted to read what the lady in Iowa was reading because I want to connect with the rest of the country. And go. I downloaded it and I didn't even know what it was. And I just it was started another reading. Holocaust book. But it's a true story. And it's fascinating. So it, it, it was so it was um Nonfiction. Nonfiction. Well, but it read as fiction. Exactly. It was okay. written. And, and they say that in the beginning. In okay. the beginning, the author out, sort of outlines the story of the person whose life it's based on. And it was fascinating. And the characters were incredibly compelling. Well, I, um, I will put that on my list. I will download it. It will be in the queue. I, I will say that Holocaust books and slavery books have gotten their fair share of Mitch's reading over the past 12 months. Sadly, yes. So I'm going to try to go for something a little bit different, but I'll have it in the queue. I'll get to it next year. And I have one more for okay, you. Okay, go ahead. It's called, I think it's called This Is How It Always Is. Okay. And the cover has like an orange peel that's unpeeled, like as a spiral. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but I think it's required reading. Did you read, did you read it? I did. I think it re should be required reading for all adults and, and teenagers and kids. Um, I'm not going to tell you anything about it except that just download it and read it. This is how it always, always is. is by Lori Frankel. Yeah. I just found it on my phone. Do you see the picture? Is it the orange? It, yeah, it's an orange okay. picture with a swirly thing. I always on it. remember the cover art. I don't always remember the title. Okay, great. Well, then you've given us three good books as we enter the spring. Kelly, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thanks, Mitch. Anytime. And since you're the life concierge, I will have you <laughs> back. I'm sure we'll talk about something else that'll be equally interesting. I look forward to it. All right, take care. Bye, Mitch. So I have to say, I just love speaking with Kelly. Today we discussed diet. We also discussed some book recommendations. The truth is, we probably could have covered another dozen different topics in just as much depth if we had the time, because that's just Kelly. Today we discussed compassionate eating, how to practice the diet of your choice, be it for health reasons, moral reasons, or any reason, Whatever reason is great for you, you should just be you when it comes to eating. Kelly also gave us some great book recommendations. Books we can read now since we have a little extra time on our hands practicing social distancing at home. Thanks, Kelly, for being a guest on my podcast. So here's the wrap. If you enjoy Meet Mediocrity and the Meet Mediocrity podcast, please subscribe to the podcast and please tell your friends to listen in. 
Please also follow our daily posts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the at Meet Mediocrity handle. And please, if you like our posts, click like, add a comment, and share it with your friends. And finally, until next time, this has been your host, Mediocre Mitch, wishing you to be happy, to stay positive, to stay healthy, keep smiling, and be well.